PFF NFL Daily today discussing Trayvon Walker, the electric edge defender from Georgia, who didn't have the best production in the world. And that's what I want to break down here with you today, Sam, because is the hype getting out of control? That's the big question. We've seen Trayvon Walker go from first round pick to top 10 pick to maybe he's going to go number three overall to the Houston Texans. Maybe he's going to go number two to the Detroit Lions. And now Charles Davis, his first mock draft of the season. Love Charles Davis. But he has Trayvon Walker going number one overall to the Jacksonville Jaguars. We've talked about this a little bit on the big show, but are we getting a, a little bit out of control here on the Trayvon Walker hype? Yeah, number one was where we jumped the shark. You know, you could make the case that he should be on the rise and certainly that his athleticism and production in the NFL level should be higher than it was in college. I think you can make a compelling case that he isn't the player that he can be. The potential is greater than he's shown so far. So I'm okay with the idea of saying, you know, he should be higher up draft boards than potentially his college production says he should be. Um, and, you know, if you want to push him into the top 10, fine, that's that's okay. I was coming around to the idea that we should include him in the number three conversation. And I guess if we're at number three, we might as well throw him into the number two mix. But number one, no, too far. Step too far. At that point, there's simply no conversation. Like, you can at least construct an argument to say, yes, Kayvon Thibodeau has got a significantly better track record of production, but he's done it in the Pac-12, and he's a lesser athlete, mostly, overall, versus Trayvon Walker. Therefore, Walker will be a better NFL player. You can't make that argument for Aiden Hutchinson because he's done it in a good conference. He's he's matched Walker in terms of athleticism, at which point, what's the selling point? Like, there's nothing there left that makes that makes Trayvon Walker better than Hutchinson, who's been dramatically more productive. All right, so here's the thing. The selling point is the athleticism and the unknown, right? And it does seem like because... It, we're, we're projecting players. Everything is a projection. Everything is some level of guesswork. It's the incredible athleticism. And I want to lay that out, what Trayvon Walker is bringing to the table. He's 6'5", 272 at the combine. Arm length is 97th percentile. 40-yard dash of 4.51, that's 97th percentile. His broad jump is 85th percentile. And then you get into the three-cone, 93rd percentile at 6.89. You just don't see guys with... The size, the weight, the arm length, and the change of direction, and the burst, right? All of those things are elite and exceptional. So that's that's the selling point, Sam, okay? That's the starting point. But I think the breakdown here is when you're putting together a prospect and, in, in, say, grading him, when NFL teams are grading a prospect, I kind of look at it like when you're in a class, right? If you're taking a college course and it's like, well, this exam is 30% and this one's 30 and your final's going to be whatever yeah it, everything's got this percentage attached to it right maybe maybe showing up to class as a percentage of your grade it, it's all about where do you weigh the athleticism right because production's one of the things off field is a thing like there are all these different components to the grading and if you're going to move Trayvon Walker above Aiden Hutchinson or above Kayvon Thibodeau it, it has to be because you're weighing the athleticism much higher then you should be. And even then, you're not even weighing like all of it. You're weighing specific portions of it. Like Aiden Hutchinson's three cone was the 99th percentile. He ran a six seven three three cone. That's absurd, for, particularly for a guy his size. His short shuttle was the 95th percentile. Um, vertical jump, 80 plus percentile. Like he's an 80th percentile athlete, but in the 40 and in, you know, one of the jumps, he's not quite where 
uh, where Trayvon Walker is, and for some reason he's got stumpy little T-Rex arms for a guy who's six foot seven. But so you literally just have to those three things. Those three things together are the reason to put Trayvon Walker above Aiden Hutchinson. Whereas if you look at you know actual production in college, it's ridiculous. Uh, Trayvon Walker had what thirty four pressures last season, a pass rush win rate of ten point one percent, which is not good. Um, Aiden Hutchinson, by contrast, had a pass rush win rate of 25%, so two and a half times he was winning more often. Um, and he had 50-something pressures. Like, the, the pressure rate, the pressure production, just the consistent dominance on the edge is not even in the same ballpark. Yeah, I'll give you one more way of looking at that, too. And, and a big part of this analysis, Sam, is, is finding the things that we know, you know historically translate at the next level. Pass rush win rate, the reason why you could pull that out is because it does translate. The reason why we don't talk about sack totals or percentage of you know pass rushes that turn into sacks is because it doesn't uh, correlate all that well. Pass rush win rate correlates extremely well. And you compared him to, say, Aiden Hutchinson. When you look at Trayvon Walker's career, his pass rush win rate is only 9%. I'm just going to compare that to every first rounder back to 2014, and it's 5% lower, almost 6% lower than any other first round prospect over the last few years. If you look at his pass rush grade on a per play basis, it's about half as good as a, a, an average first rounder over the last few years. And this is and it's a similar breakdown when you just look at guys that have become elite, guys that have become a really good players or solid players. So all this is saying is it, you know, if if you're going to eliminate a guy because his athleticism isn't good, which happens on boards, I'm not saying eliminate Trayvon Walker, but this is not just a small red flag. This isn't like a guy only had a handful of sacks. This is a massive red flag and huge risk to incur because there's just not a lot of players with this level of production who then went on to produce at the NFL level. You used a really important word there. You used the word half because that is essentially how where his production lies in relation certainly to Aiden Hutchinson and generally to these sort of elite pass rush prospects. I said before, his pass rush win rate is like, you know, Aiden Hutchinson's is two and a half times better. Um, I undersold him in terms of pressures. He had 73, 74 last season, um, which again is more than twice as much as Trayvon Walker did. Like that's the level we're talking about here. He's basically got half the production of a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, and the only offset to that is he beats him in arm length, you know, 40 time, and one other, like, explosive metric. But Hutchinson has him matched or beaten in a bunch of other athletic testing. So it's not, again, I, I agree with the idea that because of that athleticism, you can bump Walker higher up the board than you would just looking at the production. I also think there's something to the idea that George's defense, you know, didn't necessarily set him up to be a pass rushing dynamo and be the guy that got the primary source of pressure. So you can't just look at that, but that's, he's not unique in that regard, right? This isn't the first time this has ever happened. So the fact that he has that little production relative to these other guys is a massive thing to overcome. And as I say, I can get on board with putting him in the top 10. I can get on board maybe with putting him in a Thibodeau versus Trayvon Walker discussion. But when you reach the point where you're, arguing against Hutchinson it just there's nothing there it doesn't hold up at that point but but even that it's even even putting him there is risky right I mean that's 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 the bottom line it is risky and I think you have to look at 
just what's happened historically, right? And uh, when you compare it to the guys that have succeeded, the Boses, Miles Garrett, Chase Young, the guys that either have already had great success, Chase Young, when he's been healthy, was on his way. When you look at the guys who have become elite edge rushers, Trayvon Walker only matches up from an athleticism standpoint. But those guys, they didn't succeed because of the athleticism. Right. The production is actually far more stable when projecting these guys going forward at this particular position at edge rusher. So, look, we mentioned on the big on the big show, the one major outlier over the last few years from a production standpoint has been Donnell Hunter of the Minnesota Vikings. He, he was not a productive pass rusher in college. He was an excellent run defender. He was an elite athlete. That is one outlier, right? I mean, that is one guy that you're essentially chasing. There are no other players that produced at uh, this low of a level, essentially, over the last five or six years and uh, and have gone on to have success. So I think it's just, it's just a major risk to put Trayvon Walker anywhere close to the top 10, in my opinion. The athleticism is a really important thing, but it, like, validates production. You know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't Good overcome way. production. So when you look at these guys that are incredibly productive college players, if one of those guys shows up and does the athletic testing and he isn't a high-end athlete, that's when you start to have concerns and say, okay, even though we've just seen him do it in college, it might not work in the NFL level where you're going up against elite level athletes at tackle and guard and all these kinds of things, but it doesn't turn a guy, like if a guy has been athletic the whole way and not productive, if anything, it compounds the question mark. Like, well, if he's this good an athlete, why was he not productive in college? Because it's easier. So why do we suddenly expect that to turn around at the NFL level just because he's going to get NFL level coaching? You know, it's not like there is no coaching at the college level. So I, I have a hard time looking at athleticism as a, you know, as a reason on its own to propel a guy as certainly as high as we're talking about with Trayvon Walker. But I do think it at least means that there is a potential there to get a very good player. But again, it's like, if he realizes that potential, he'll be maybe as good as Aiden Hutchinson. Like, why would you not just take Aiden Hutchinson? Yeah, I'm with you, man. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line for me. I think there's there's a lot of data out there. Uh, the people that are probably trying to you know, want to draft Trayvon Walker high are saying, hey, good athletes translate at the next level. Um, I would argue that production is a stronger indicator of production at the next level than athleticism, and that should be your foundation, not the athletic profile. A lot more we could say on this, but for now, I think the bottom line is Trayvon Walker. The hype is, yes, getting a little too out of control. It's a PFF and Phil Daly.